Hey, welcome to One Creative Act. This is a heartfelt conversation with purposeful dreamers, innovators, and community heroes who turn simple creative actions into their greatest adventures and biggest contributions to the world. I'm your host, Mary Lynn Jenkins. What effect can one creative act have on you, your family, your community, your city, the nation, and the globe? What can come out of trusting that you have something to share through your own creativity? These are the questions we'll explore together. Our hope is that you'll walk away from every episode inspired to get into creative action and motivated to try something new, something you haven't tried in years or something you haven't done since you were a little kid. This podcast is an opportunity for you to discover or rediscover your creative spark. I'm so excited to be with you. So get your walking shoes on, get the car packed for a getaway or snuggle up with a cup of coffee and let's enjoy some time together. There are so many treasures in Jacksonville, Florida. And as I continue to feature creative acts from this area who have inspired me through the years, this beautiful treasure kept coming to mind. Congaree and Penn, a 350-acre farm, was born in 2014. Beginning with rice, the farm has expanded into thriving orchards, honeybees, all types of animals that attract farm tours, weddings and seasonal events, producing great products like ciders and jellies from the farm's produce, and now one of the main attractions, a restaurant serving a thoughtful farm-to-table menu. My guest today, Lindsay Meyer, is the co-owner. She and her husband, Scott, have been owning and growing the business since they said, yes, this is what we are going to do. And they made that commitment seven years ago. Lindsay is the creative director of the farm and shares in this episode a day in the life of living her dream. But I love that she is quick to not candy coat it too much. Farm living is the place to be for her, but it comes with a lot of hard work. Congaree and Penn is dedicated to agriculture and culinary experiences. And in getting to know Lindsay more, I realized that she's really creating a place for gathering the community together to enjoy all of it, embracing the beauty and making it available to everyone. Lindsay says that November is one of her favorite months at the farm. So it's a great time to plan a visit. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Lindsay and get out to the farm during this beautiful season. I have my friend, amazing entrepreneur, and just a great young woman, Lindsay Meyer, with me today. And we were saying before we started recording, what would it be like to hit a home run in this recording? And you were sharing you know, how important it is for people to understand what's going on kind of behind the curtain. Share a little bit about just kind of about that. What you see isn't always what you get 
What have been some of the challenges out at the farm? Well, from just when we were getting started, um, just the amount of, of land was that in itself is daunting. Um, it was hard to envision anything come of it because it was, it was just weeds and dirt and it wasn't pretty, just trash and and trailers that were abandoned. And it was rough. Um, it was, it was Mm -hmm. really hard to see, um, to have a vision, which Scott, my husband is, is he's very good at seeing that kind of stuff. He, he can really like wade through all of the, the muck and, and, know that it's going to work out. Um, and I have always had a much harder time. Um, I guess, you know, keeping the faith and like making sure that it's gonna, um, that it's going to work out. And, and, um, I think that's kind of why we've made a good partnership is that we kind of balance each other. Like I'm like, I think I, I tone him down a little bit and he like boosts me, um, Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I think, that balancing act is, is a really good partnership, but growing a business like ours, it's just been a a lot of listening to what other people want, um, while knowing what we want to and balancing that as well. And what is it that y'all, what is it that you really want you know, are you doing it or is there, yes, yeah, it seems like it. We are, um, we've come a very long way, um, in a very short period of time. And we're, we're so proud of that. Um, but I think like every entrepreneur, you, you want to do more. Um, that's like why you do what you do is you, you just want to keep going. You want to, you want to keep making it better and better. Um, so at this point, the farm, we're open five days a week. We have a restaurant that's fantastic. Um, we have all of this agritourism. Um, people, you know, we're kind of a destination for people to visit, like for out-of-towners. Yeah, I want you to kind of hit on both of those separately. So first, talk about that the agritourism sort of component where y'all like, we have to have this place open to people without just being an agricultural farm. We have to, without just growing crops, we actually have to have people come and see. How did y'all develop that? I think from the very beginning, our goal was to share the farm with people. Like we didn't Mm -hmm. want to just like have all of this land for ourselves. Um, we wanted kind of a, a modern, a modern farm. Like we wanted people to learn about it and be able to visit and learn from it and understand like where their food is coming from. Not that we yeah. produce, you know, I mean, we're, we're pretty like niche. Um, but it's just, it was, a we've always wanted people to know, um, where their food's coming from and be able to visit the place that it's coming from. Um, so I guess like that was, that was never like a question. Like we always wanted to have people visit us. So the agritourism thing kind of just formed naturally. 
And once we started getting some animals, like that's a huge draw for people. So that was mm-hmm. like, like we would do farm tours before. Um, but that, those were people who were like, really like die hard. I want to learn about farming. I want to be a farmer even. Um, but then when we started adding the animals, like I think it opened up opportunities for more people, especially families with kids mm-hmm. who just want their kids to go outside and pet a goat or something. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, was it your dream to end up the way that you've, I mean, and you're so, you know, we were just talking about how old you are at 35. <laughs> you still have a whole long life ahead of you, but is this part of what you dreamed about? Um, no. <laughs> so I, I actually, I'm from New Mexico. I grew up in a farming family. Um, my, my dad and my grandfather were farmers and my mom and my aunt were educators still are. Um, and I never, I I think that when I was, you know, in high school and even early college, I kind of envisioned myself like working in some like tower in Dallas. Um, I don't doing whatever you see in the movies, you know, like, like some fancy creative role and they make millions of dollars being a graphic designer sure. or something oh, yeah. like something completely unrealistic. I think that's kind of what I saw for or saw for myself. Um, but I'm so glad <laughs> that that did not, um, happen. Mm-hmm. I think that the way that everything has unfolded is, is the way that it's meant to be. And I realized how, how much I value having grown up on a farm and having, mm-hmm kind of in the middle of nowhere and then, and then being able to, to do that now. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty special and, and it, it suits me and my, my, um, I don't know, I'm kind of introverted and I, mm-hmm. I, I like all of this wide open space. I, I'm not super like, I don't need to be surrounded by a bunch of people all the time. Yeah. Did you and Scott, do you remember sort of the early conversations about what you were going to choose? Cause what you did was made, I mean, you made a big choice to say, this is what we're going to do. And it comes with a big commitment. Yes. We were actually in South Florida. Scott was at the university of Miami finishing grad school. And we were, we knew that we did not want to stay in South Florida. It was, it's just a rough rough time there. Like it, we loved it, but also it's hard to make friends. It was just, and we lived in the city, like, which was super fun while we Mm -hmm. were that age. But, um, we just, we knew that we wanted to move somewhere else. And so, um, Scott's dad offered us this land that was just sitting here. He was like, do you guys want to move to Jacksonville? Let's like do something with this land. And we were like, okay. Um, you know, we, we were, we were, we were talking like Asheville, Nashville, lots of bills. <laughs> right. And probably at the time they were like the cooler yes. bills. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that we did, you know, decide to do Jacksonville and, and, you know, Scott's from here. So it wasn't as exciting for him probably <laughs> because for me, it was a completely new, new city, new experience. Um, 
Okay. And that was in 2014? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so did you dive right in? Was it like we did. game on? We did. Um, we're going to live out there. We're going to start figuring out. We we didn't live out here grow. immediately. We, mm-hmm. we didn't move to the farm until 2017. Um, but in 2014, we kind of started everything. And we lived in town, we lived um, in Ortega, and just kind of commuted back and forth to the farm while everything was first starting. Yeah. Um, and then we we remodeled this farmhouse that was kind of falling apart um, on the farm. And then we moved in in 2017, and it's been it's been great living on the farm and being here for. I mean, it's. It's kind of like living at work all the time, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, we are kind of set apart from the farm. What's the best part about going to work with your husband every day? <laughs> oh gosh. Never um, getting away from him. Right? Never. We're always together. We're always yeah. talking about work. <laughs> it's the greatest. Um I think that we, we truly do work very well together. We balance each other. We're very good at collaborating with ideas and, um, sorting out what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, I don't know. It's nice just having Scott be just a phone call. He's usually somewhere around the farm doing something. So it's, what's the greatest challenge? Of being with your spouse <laughs> the all fact day long. That we're always together and we always talk about work. It is always yeah. about work. Is there anything in you or in him, you know, that you hear people say, we have to be intentional about cutting that out of our conversation sometimes? Is there anything, you know, everybody that works all the time or works together all the time, is there anything like that that y'all bring into your conversation? Like, We've just got to not talk about work a little bit. Does that ever happen? Yes, all the time. And then, and then we're like, okay, yeah, let's let's shut that conversation down. And then a few minutes later, it kind of like something will come back up, and we have yeah. to like be like, hey, hey, we got to stop talking about this. Yeah. And I think like um, we're finally at a point where we've been able to start traveling again, um, not just because of COVID, but because of just owning a business that we're trying to get started for seven years or eight years going on eight years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we weren't able to leave. Um, but now we've been able to take a few trips and one of the trips we didn't even have, we didn't have Wi-Fi, We had no cell service. It was amazing. Uh, what so a blessing. We, yes. It was awesome. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, the day-to-day is a lot of work talk, but we also, we also are focusing on, you know, getting out of town, planning these trips and, and, um, clearing our heads and just not being here all the time. I would imagine that you have to have that because you are so immersed in great ways, you know, with what you do, but living there and being the creative behind it. How has it been? building a solid team out there because you have grown so much. And then I want to talk a little bit about the restaurant and the evolution of that, but how has it been, you know, bringing people on board 
and um, growing the right culture, you know, that really is kind of an extension of you and Scott. What has that been like? So bumpy. It's it's hard to build um, a team. We, especially, I think during the first five years, it was it was hard. Um, you know, people would come and go. Things just wouldn't work out. Um, but the past couple of years we've built an awesome team. (laughs) Like we're just, I don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden everyone's like vibing right now. And we're just, we have a good thing going and it's exciting to have this, this good foundation. And sometimes it is like that. It's, you can, you have to weed stuff out and then it's like, oh, we're reaching a tipping point. That's what it sounds like to me. You reached a tip. Absolutely. And then culture started being somewhat created. Yes. Through the right people. It's a lot, it was a long time coming, but, um, you know, and, and things are going to go up and down again, I'm sure. But right now we're just in such a good spot where we have such great employees who they love the farm just as much as we do. Um, and we're, we're really lucky to have them. Yeah. And they're, they're the reason why Scott and I have finally been able to start taking baby steps back yeah, and, and rely on other people instead of, you know, like yeah, having to cradle so it great. all the time. Yeah. You, well, you have to have it in order to kind of take a breather to catch your breath. Tell me and everyone who's listening about the restaurant and the evolution. So my husband and I came to some of the very early farm dinners. And it was such a great concept. I grew up on a farm, never imagined that I would end up back in Florida where my husband grew up. And so being able to come and go from Congaree and Penn and these incredible dinners, you know, being created by you guys was such a, it was just a treasure. And then all of a sudden they became something that you couldn't get a ticket for. They were so popular And then I'm curious because I don't really know what kind of what happened, but all of a sudden, then you were open as a restaurant every night of the week. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Share about that part of the, part of the journey. So I think, you know, to start getting people to come to the farm, people want to eat, they want to drink. So we were like, all right, we need to have some food out here. So we kind of started this fast, casual, you know, just n- nothing, nothing to brag about. It was just like something to eat, you know, while you're here. Um, and that, that works pretty well. And then, and then of course we would have the farm dinners, the, um, 20 at the farm. And then we would have the guest chef dinners, the farmer table, farmer's table dinners. And those were awesome. Um, and those were, you know, a lot more elevated, and then, um, you know, we were kind of chugging along with that and things were working really well. And then COVID hit and we had to like cancel all of these dinners. Um, I didn't realize it was, yeah, the transition was because it of was COVID. COVID. <laughs> wow. So we had a few months, just like everyone to just be like, wow, what is happening? How do mm-hmm. we how do we survive this? And looking back, it was, it's kind of just almost 
almost funny to just, we were so like, Oh my gosh, we're going to like lose our business. And, um, it was scary. It was scary for everyone, mm-hmm. but it was, it was really one of the better things that's happened to us as a business, um, because it forced us to just kind of reconstruct, um, our whole model of what we were doing. And one of the things that Scott and I had always wanted to do was like have a restaurant and make it nice. And, you know, we we don't have uh, any culinary background. Like we love to eat and we, Mm -hmm. but that's about it. So we were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to get on resi and we're going to build this culinary team and we're going to give them, the reins to build this menu and, you know, we'll taste it and we'll tell them what we think. And, uh, we just kind of did that. And then Lindsay, I don't know. We trusted our people. That's yeah. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. (laughs) But that's it. Cause I haven't ever known how, you know, when it shifted and how it started. That's incredible. Yeah. So then, what was the what was the opening night? Because it, it really wasn't that long ago. I believe it was July seventeenth, twenty twenty. Wow! <laughs> so like the perfect time to open a restaurant outdoors yeah. in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. It always works like that. Yeah. Well, it's been incredible. Thank so you. I have brought my son out there on a couple of dates. He's our culinary component to our family and he just loved it. So I know that y'all are doing great things with the restaurant. Is it, how much is influenced by the farm in terms of what you grow, how much you pull from the farm for the kitchen? What is that all about? So we definitely use what we grow on the farm. Yeah. Not and share what you, the things that you are growing on the farm. So a lot of fruit, um, mm-hmm. like in the summer, that's when our menu is like most infused with our, um, ingredients, I guess. Um, so we, we have muscadine grapes, mayhaws, which are a Southern, uh, fruit berry. It's like a crab apple. Isn't yeah. It? It's or like a little miniature kind of like crab a little... apple. Mm-hmm. Um, we grow olives, uh, pears, persimmons, figs. Um, we have a lot of little boutique crops, like they're very small. So we just use them for our restaurant. Um, it's amazing. the rice, of course. And then we, we source a lot from other farms in the area and in the region. Um, but this fall, we are actually starting our own little market garden. So we'll have our, more of our own produce, um, because, you know, most of what we've done is just the grain and then, um, fruit and that's so like summertime driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying, we're trying to bring more of our own, uh, produce into the restaurant. Um, so we're, we're building this big garden to, to help with that. So right now I'm overwhelmed <laughs> because of all that you do. <laughs> And you all do it so well. You know, the food is great. The landscape is beautiful. The culture, with the minute you drive up, it's so, I mean, you're like, this is incredible. Who would have ever known this is out here? What is the, 
What's the secret? What are you going to tell people? I mean, please say that it's a ton of work and that it doesn't come so easily. It is a ton of work. It's also having, having found these really great people that we can rely on and trust and who are also creative. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, um, a big part of what Scott and I have always wanted is to be able to invest in other people and give them a platform to build themselves up. And I think that with the restaurant, we've really, really given our culinary team and our service team, um, an opportunity to, um, you know, build a great restaurant and, you know, we're not like, we're not going to win a James Beard or anything anytime soon. I don't know. We we try to, you know, inspire our, our employees like for big things. Like we, we would just want to keep getting better and keep growing. And, you know, Jacksonville is a tough market. Like it's restaurants come and go. And the, the ones that are excellent have been around for years. And so that, that was like definitely intimidating, but I think that we're holding our own and, Mm -hmm. but you know, we still have so much growing to do. Like there's always, there's a, there's still a lot to learn for everyone. And, um, but we're enjoying the whole process. And I think that people generally enjoy coming to the farm and dining with us and it doesn't help. I mean, it, it does help. It helps a lot that it's, it's a beautiful place. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You said that it was a tough year or a tough birthday this year because you turned 35. Yes. What what made it tough to turn that number? I've I've never been um daunted by birthdays. I've always, you know, got I've always been kind of like, oh, getting older is cool. Like this is great. But this year at 35 um, it would, it just, it was just kind of like hit me like, oof, like 35, that's, that's like on the way to, to 40. <laughs> and, um, I think a, a lot of it is, um, what, what you're expected to have done by the time you're 35, which I feel like I, I've done a lot and I'm happy with what I've done. But a lot of that is, is having kids and, um, Scott and I decided a few years ago that it's just not for us. And we, we continue to get, you know, the, so how many kids do you have question? And and it's always a, we've got like a 40 animals. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. So that, that's like a, I think part of it was that it was like, okay, Lindsay, you are actually 35 now. And you're like, eggs are rotting. It's real now. <laughs> so well, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> They're not rotting. And it's your choice. It's totally yeah, your choice. Yeah. And I, I it's something that I am I have become very secure and comfortable with this decision. Um mm-hmm. because you know, anim, animals are my thing and I just and I have great, you know, nieces and nephews and um our, we have friends who have amazing kids and, um, we just, we like being the fun aunt and uncle and yeah. 
So 35, it sounds like 35, and maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like that number had some sort of commitment to it. Like, I've really got to stand in what I'm choosing or something like that. And yeah. it, I don't think it was all just the kids thing. It was, it was just like a whole, like, which by the way, you could have kids anytime you want to have them. Yeah. But that's what it, I'm kind of reading it that way that you turn 35 and you're like, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I also, you know, not, not just the kid thing. You have to be really grounded in like who you are by the time you're 35. Like, and you know, everyone questions like, am I doing this right? Am I, am I being a good person? Am I being as good as I can be? Or like, for lack of a better word, good. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just like a, it just made me pause and can, can kind of consider my life so far and, and what I want for the next 35 years. And, and I've never, never really like no, no age has ever like made me stop and think like that before. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. I'm a good bit older than you. And at any point, probably in your mid thirties for sure, you know, in 35 more years, you will be 70. Yeah. So it's a good place <laughs> to sort of reflect. <laughs> Not that you're at your halfway point, but if you live this long again, yeah, you will be a little bit older and wiser. <laughs> Hopefully <Yeah>. wiser. <laughs> You'll be much wiser. A farm woman? Oh my gosh. They're the <laughs> wisest for sure. What are some of the things that you see in your future? out at the farm with Scott and the animals. What are some of the things that are in your vision? So one thing that people have always wanted from us um, is a place to stay on the farm. That comes with a lot of, uh, you know, expenses and a, a huge commitment because if it didn't work, it, we would be stuck with this like building or, you know, some sort of hotel or whatever it would be. Um, so that, that's something that we, we kind of go back and forth on. Um, and then we are also, we're also planning on building like another separate venue from the main Quonset hut where the restaurant mm-hmm. and all of our events are, um, there's a demand for it. And I think that that would, that would go over well, just having another space for people to have, you know, smaller events at. And then this is sort of backtracking, but what, what is the, that was your first mention of the Quonset hut. What is the history of that specifically there? Uh, well, it, we built it in, I think it was erected in 2016. Yeah. And it's just a really sturdy, windproof building. Um, it's pretty much, it's like hurricane proof. And mm-hmm. it was Scott's idea. He was like, we're going to build this Quonset hut. And it's just going to be this like manufacturing facility, like where we mill the rice and eventually, you know, make our cider. And 
whatever. It was never meant to be any sort of event space. So when, as we built things, it's like, it's been kind of like behind the scenes is real. Like it's a little janky. Cause it's like, it, it was never meant to be like a restaurant, but now it yeah. is. So it's kind of like built out. Well, and it's funny. the feature. Yeah. You know, yeah. isn't it wild? The very thing that was supposed to just be for the industrial side of things is yeah. kind of the star. <laughs> yes. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like if we could, if we knew what we were doing back in 2016, we would have built. You look like you know what you're doing. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we're just like kind of working with what we have at this point. <laughs> well, it's pretty impressive. And, um, I don't think anybody would say it looks like a mistake. It is an incredible incredible space. Speak to just a little bit. You were kind of going there. Some of the the ciders and um, some of the things that you are actually, um, you know, what, what the farm has turned into a place for a lot of product that is showing up in all kinds of places. I know your ciders are in like, I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. So the cider, um, we get the cider base, like the apples from Michigan, and then we infuse that cider with our own native fruit. So like the muscadine grapes, the mayhaws, um, sometimes like blackberries. Um, I think we've even had like a fig cider. Um, wow. so the, the small batch ones are more like you have to come to the farm to try them, but we went into cans um, I think like last November. Um, mm-hmm. so they're like in Trader Joe's and Fresh Market and Whole Foods now. Um, which has been cool to see our stuff like in a Yeah, and who does all that? I mean, so Scott, um, he manufactures most of the cider. Um, he has on site. Yes, on site at the farm. Yes. And then I designed the the cans and you know, they're I do so all of great. Our, like marketing and design and all that yeah stuff (laughs) it's incredible Lindsay. thank you what is your default like do you think oh this is i'm just playing this really isn't that good or i could do this better or you know we kind of all have a default way about us like oh stop it's no big deal I don't know why that's what I get from you. Like, Oh, it's not. I mean, I just designed the can. It's no big deal. Yeah. definitely. It's in whole foods and you know, <laughs> half a dozen other places. It's really not anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it, I mean, I'm always like, yeah, but I, we could be doing more. We could be doing better or, yeah. or I could, you know, but that, I think that's, that's a really common thing among a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. You just well, it's a healthy, it's a healthy pursuit. It sounds like you and Scott have a really healthy pursuit of creating what's next with what you've been given, you know, with what you have out there. Yeah. And I just want to be the one to say you're doing an amazing job. (laughs) It's incredible. Thank you. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like not, but, but it's, it's nice to hear. And, and it is good to like step back every once in a while and be like, look, you have done quite a lot 
Lindsay and yeah. Scott, like you, you can, you can keep going too. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things? I know this season is my favorite season. I don't know about you, but just stepping into fall and that sort of thing. What are your favorite times out at the farm and the favorite sort of things that you have your hands in season to season? November and April are Mm. hands down the best months on the farm. Mm October is pretty nice, but, um, November is actually like kind of chilly, but it's not, you know, chilly for a Floridian. Um, and then April is just, it's beautiful because everything's turning green again. Um, those are the best times to be at the farm, like August and September, just go out of town. Like, (laughs) no kidding. Don't stay here. Um, I think that's the truth for whether you're on a farm or not. Mm. Yeah. Any, <laughs> anywhere. Out of um, but yeah, that, that's the best. Yeah. And are there from this point forward and we're in the middle, no, we're at the end of October. Are things just booked yes. nonstop? Yes. Yeah. We're really busy. It's great. Um, there's always kind of a lull in January, but that's, just, I think, normal world. Just weather and <laughs> everyone's yeah. doing dry January, like, and you know, it's January. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty booked like October through, through May usually. Wow. Weddings, events, dinners. Yes. yes. It's really unreal. All of that. What would you say your biggest success has been? Something that you're really proud of. Um, we, we won a, we were a runner up for the made in the South awards for, uh, garden and gun magazine, our, our pecan mm. oil, which is another thing we make. <laughs> um, amazing. That was, um, that was pretty big for me. I've always loved garden and gun as a publication and I, you know, I've read it since I was maybe like. I graduated from college and it's just such mm-hmm. a well done, beautiful Southern publication. And it was, it was just pretty, like pretty awesome to just yeah. have a little picture in there and like, just be a small part of that years. And what was the award exactly? It's called the, the made in the South awards. Um, oh, okay. They're pretty competitive. Um, so there's different categories like food and beverage and, um, they make like, like sometimes like a grill will win or like, um, mm-hmm. um, like we, oh, the, the girl who does our, our plates at our restaurant, she's a potter. Um, yes. Oh, I also, know those plates. Yeah. Molly, Molly Jenkins. Um, she, she won, oh, she was a runner up also for the Made in South Awards and that's how Amazing. we found her. Um, so it's just, it was kind of like a good, like pop of publicity for us. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it was just, and it was when we were just kind of getting going too. So it was, it was a good, yeah, a good win. And that was a while yeah. ago. So that's usually stuff kind of like fades away, but like, that's something I still feel good about. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. I have a few little rapid fire questions that I want to ask you. Okay. Okay. So the first one really simple. I would love to see more fill in the blank. I would love to see more what? 
in the world, in your life, at the farm? People who genuinely enjoy being outside. (laughs) I think there's a lot of them, but but sometimes, you know, it's Florida, it's buggy, you know, like you just (laughs) got to take the good with the bad. I know we got to get over it. I had a friend tell me when I was first getting on a surfboard, go ahead and just sit in the sand, wallow around in it and get over it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, gross. That's not. And they were like, exactly. You just got to get over it. You're going to get sandy. And Florida's like that, isn't it? It is. You're going to get hot. So just get over it. Um, next question, Lindsay, what is creativity to you? Oh, I think it's, it's having an idea and I think, I think that in itself is creativity, but then ideally bringing it to life and it's probably going to be some other iteration of what that idea originally was, but I think that that's also part of the whole creative process. Mm -hmm. Why are you most thankful for creativity? Oh gosh. Well, it's been my whole livelihood. It's like what, what, how I pay my bills. (laughs) Um, Thank God for creativity. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's, and it, it just, it offers you endless options. Like you can always, come up with a new idea and sure it might fail. Most, most ideas do like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no shame in that. Like being creative, just it's, it's just constant opportunity. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's almost like what I hear you saying and even thinking about all the things that you guys try, you can't be winning all the time, but right. you just keep stepping in. So let's try this. Well, let's see if we can produce this. Let's see how this works. Definitely. Sort of feels like your story. <laughs> yeah. Lots of trial and error. Like, yeah, yeah. a lot. <laughs> so great. Thank you so much just for your time. I just personally, I'm so grateful for what you and Scott have stepped out and done because it is, it's a little treasure. I know you hear about it from others, but I just want to tell you that (laughs) Hungry and Finn is a treasure in Jacksonville and I know it's only going to grow. And so you better enjoy the next 35 years. (laughs) (laughs) Keep yourself young and active because it's only going to get better. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you so much for joining me today on One Creative Act. I hope this conversation has you imagining what's possible to move in the direction of the creativity you have and to take action to ignite it. I hope you're inspired and recognize that you too have been born with an adventure only you can create. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe or follow button, write a review or share it with a friend. And connect with us on Instagram at One Creative Act. Share what you loved about this episode on your Instagram story and tag us. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. 
I can't wait to create again together.